With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Back to the dynasty rewind everybody i'm your host michael bauer the best in the business is back in business and we are joined by a very special guest this evening we are joined by brandon lejeune from the debbie deep i've uh, i can't even talk the debbie deep dive podcast brandon how are we doing tonight oh, I'm, I'm doing great I, I appreciate the invite been a long time listening to your guys pod too and uh, nate reached out and said hey let's talk debbie and i don't know it's easy decision i'm here let's let's do it all right. So, uh, Brandon, I definitely love uh, what you got going on over there in your pod. It's one, it's definitely in my rotation. Uh, you're an Eagles fan as well, which is fantastic yes. for me. I'm That's an Eagles right. fan. Um, also, I want to say thank you. You have changed kind of how I look at things this offseason. You okay. said something on one of your podcasts. You said, you know, am I ever going to start this guy? is he ever going to make it onto my dynasty roster? And I think that really helped me narrow things down because, you know, for so long I was falling in love with guys like little Michael P Ryan and Nate and I can laugh about yeah. that. And, uh, you know, I was a big Kylan Hill fan too this past off season. Yeah. I do still think yeah. he's talented, but unfortunately he's just buried there. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's, it's just the way that I'm kind of thinking of things now um, this off season. So I wanted to say thank you to you for that. So oh, my pleasure. Yeah, so let's get into the show here. And unfortunately, my screen went black. I've been having some uh, some problems here with with my my computer. I wish I could show you guys right now. Uh, once I start Screamyard, the screen just goes completely black, so I'm kind of flying blind here. So I had to pull up the show sheet on my phone. So like I said, we already introduced Brandon. And uh, Brandon, before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where we could find you, and then we'll roll from there. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Debbie Deep Dive. Um, I got involved in Debbie probably about five years ago, four years ago. You know, I started out like everybody else with a redraft league and then Dynasty, and I needed to go deeper. Um, so I dabbled into Debbie. Of course, now I'm into C2C, but I just really have become a fan of grinding film, making game films, love Debbie. And it, on your point about your comment earlier about dynasty rosters and what makes this to our dynasty rosters, that's kind of what my focus is um, on my YouTube channel, as well as I got a great Debbie dashboard product. It's a big database. I got a bunch of guys working with me on that with C2C ranks and all sorts of good stuff. I know you guys have seen it and appreciate your support as well. But uh, you know, my, my goal with all the things that I do is to try to identify players that are going to make it to our dynasty rosters. Like you said, you hear on my podcast. Um, 
there's a lot of C2C guys out there, which is great. That's a lot of fun. That's a different format. Um, and there's a place for that. But for me, I've always thought being a, an NFL scout would be kind of fun. So here I get to play one and uh, at least pretend I'm one and I'm having a blast with it. Yeah. You do a great job too. Um, I'm, I'm going to be asking you some questions tonight, maybe possibly challenging your thought process uh, here and there occasionally. So, but okay. I, I invite open dialogue and you know, we don't want to be one of those podcasts where everybody just agrees with each other all the time. Okay. We're about before we get started briefly, I was going back and listening to one of your old episodes. You were out before last season on Jerome Ford. Have you come around on him? And if not, how dare you? Because I love him. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I have, right. Okay, um, good. Cincinnati, you know, playing for Cincinnati, I was a little disappointed last year because he couldn't beat out Dokes, right. Coming mm -hmm. from Alabama, the transfer, I thought to myself, okay, he transferred to Cincinnati. That was his time to shine. He should have gotten there. And he just, and I, and I, I made a whole, I think a whole game film, a 2020 film and Dokes started all those games. And he kind of always came in in the second half of the game and just never took the bull by the horns. And I felt a lot of times all these long touchdown runs were kind of wide open runs. And, um, but I have watched film. In fact, I'm putting out of YouTube, my top 10 running backs um, for 2021 for 2022 draft. And he's coming in at number nine for me. Um, so yes, I have turned the corner and I think it's important when we do this, especially looking at younger players to be open-minded. I think a lot of people have a tendency to say I'm out or I'm in and, you know, kind of, um, you know, stick to their guns a little bit. But no, I, I think he's improved this year. I think every year these players have the opportunity to improve. Um, and you have to, I think, scout every year with an open mind. So to answer your question, yeah, I um, like him a lot better than I did in 2020. All right, perfect. And this shows uh, Brandon does not have take lock, which is important. <laughs> I think that's super important, Nate. I think you could agree with me on that. You have to be able to change your mind. You also have to be able to change your processes and be open to new ideas and new things. Because at the end of the day, you want to win. Uh, good luck to you if you are still in the playoffs. I had two first-round buys. I also had a lot of to uh, toilet bowl buys, too, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so let's get into it. We're going to talk about some stock up, stock down, guys. You know, some of these guys are set to go to the NFL. Some of them are not going to be going to yet. So, uh, Nate, we're going to start with you. A little surprised by this one because, you know, everybody's really high on Drake London, and you are down. Uh, I'm... I'm down compared to consensus. Okay. So I think I have Drake London at like wide receiver 10, I think right now in my my rankings for this NFL draft class. And I see people out there, you know, having top three, top five. I mean, at one point during the season before the injury, I mean, I thought the hype was going to go through the roof and he was going to be the next, you know, CD lamb. But uh, obviously the injury sucks. You know, I don't like, and you never like to see injuries with anyone. Um, but for me, when I watched Drake London, you know, I just didn't see the Vincent Jackson comparison that people are giving him, the Mike Evans comparison. He doesn't have that kind of physicality to me. Um, it might be part of the fact that he has that leaner frame. If he could gain 20, 15, 20 pounds, I mean, he might look like a totally different player out there. But to me, Drake London's not not that dominant receiver that I think a lot of people want him to be. Now, I do think he improved a lot in 2021 compared to his 2020 tape. His 2020 tape, I just saw a big guy who was in the slot all the time and just, you know, easy money. But in 2021, he did go outside. We got to see him a bit more down the field contested catches. He definitely improved. I'm not saying he's bad. I think Drake London is a good football player. I think he could 
materialize into a guy that you're going to want to start on your fantasy rosters. But I am down compared to consensus. I don't see this guy being one of the top guys in the class. So just to clarify a bit, I don't think he's bad. I just do not see the hype. Okay. All right. So I, I like you clarifying because when I saw the show shoot, I was like, you know, what's going on here? Um, I mean, uh, looking at my Drake London scouting card here, I think you guys will be interested to hear what I have to say. But unfortunately, you're not going to hear that tonight. You're going to have to tune in in the off season when we do all of our rookie breakdowns. Um, let's just say I'm probably in line with what Nate has to say. So, Brandon, you can move on. You could also touch on Drake London, um, however you want to do it, if you have anything to add to what Nate said about Drake. And then you can give your stock down player as well. Yeah, I I think uh, Nate obviously watched his film because it was the same conclusion that I came to in in 2020. I mean, um, he worked out of the slot, I think, 95% and would find an open area in in the second level and just turn around a lot of curl routes and, you know, find open space. But so we were all happy to see him be on the outside, lined Mm -hmm. up on the X receiver position primarily. Um, And um, you know, a lot of people say maybe he is a contested catcher. He's always, you know, he, look, he was peppered with targets. He's got the production. Um, they, everyone knew he was going to get the ball, but he still managed to get it. Um, so I have him a little higher in my ranks. He's like more like six or seven, but um, I know there's a lot of uh, NFL draft Knicks out there that have him in the top three. So landing spots matter. So we'll have to see, you know, how that turns out. But um, my, my stock down player is, um, I think very similar to Nate's point was, you know, not that I think he's a terrible player. I just think he's overvalued and that's Rashad white of Arizona state running back. Um, you know, watched pretty much every game that he's played this year. Um, now he took the job from train this year. So I know a lot of people were super happy about that. He showed some spectacular catches on the sideline. Um, you know, had 43 receptions this year. So he is one of those pass catching backs bigger kid. I think he's a, you know, six foot two, 200 pounds, 210 pounds. So he's got that frame. And I think everyone's excited about the size and I am a size running back. I like size and running backs. Cause if you really take a look at the list of the current NFL running backs, only Austin Eckler and, you know, CMC are really 200 pounds, 205 and less. Um, but I just have concerns about his ability, creating space for himself at the line of scrimmage. Um, I think he runs really upright when you watch him run. And, you know, I don't see any kind of like burst and explosion like at the line of scrimmage. And I think he plays for the Pac-12, which can be a little bit misleading with those defenses. And so, yeah, so sure, he's in the second level. He's He's got some wheels in the second level. Um, but to me, when I look at a running back, it's all about what you do in the first five or ten yards. This, you know, after the ten-yard mark, when you, whatever you do in the open field, that's gravy for me. Um, you know, and I, I just don't think he's got that crisp footwork that I look for. So I feel as though everyone's really excited about Rashad White on my dashboard, on my Slack chat. Everyone was talking about because I put it out there that he, he's barely making my top 10 in my upcoming YouTube show. And everyone's like, what are you out of your freaking mind? Are you drinking? I mean, what's what's going on? And, and I'm like, I don't know. It's about space creation for me at the line of scrimmage and the ability to, you know, get to the second level. Um, and there's just other backs in this class that I prefer over him. And I just don't like his running style. And I just feel as though he could be one of those Twitter echo chamber players that everybody likes that it's like, okay, let's get on the bandwagon. And I try and block that out when I watch these players and I'm going to come to my own conclusion. So Rashad white is somebody who, you know, is barely making my top 10 and that's going to be surprising to a lot. Cause he was number four for a lot of guys on my dashboard and my Slack chat. But I, I, there's, there's, three or four players I like much more than Rashad white. Um, 
know, at that point. So, yeah. Um, I think it's important to say as well, I don't think this draft class is as bad as people say it is. You know, I agree. For a while, everyone was saying, oh, get rid of 2022 picks. That being said, we also have to temper our expectations. I see a lot of good players here from what I've scouted so far. I don't think not everyone's going to be wide receiver one, running back one, quarterback one. So some guys are going to just be serviceable players. You have to be okay with that. Some guys are going to be a running back three or wide receiver three or flex play. And that just has to be okay sometimes. That's right. Um, All right. So let's move on. Let's go to stock up. Yes. What? Am I allowed to talk about Rashad White? I'm sorry. That was rude of me, Nate. Go ahead. You are (laughs) certainly allowed to talk about Rashad White. Because... I just looked at my rankings and I have Rashad White at running back five. Um, and really? going into watching his tape, I was not expecting that. Um, he actually really impressed me with his tape. Uh, he's not a player. Now, we just talked about how the you know, this class isn't as bad as everyone thinks it is. And I agree. I think it's a pretty decent class. But running back wise, I think it really has a huge drop off after like the first three. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so running back five for me this year, it's probably closer to like running back eight or nine of the past two years. Um, so, but Rashad white, I, I think Brandon made a really good point. He's not a great runner. I have him marked out very average as a prospect with his patience and his vision and what he does in between the tackles. I don't think he, he does anything special there, but the receiving ability is there. I think he has, you know, we talked about the great size and I think, He's got good contact balance. You know, he shows decent power out in the field, you know, when making contact with people. And those things, you know, make me excited about running backs. You know, having that receiving ability and being able to create yards after contact and stay up, I like that in a running back. And I think Rashad White really impressed me with his ability to do those things. So while I don't see him as necessarily a workhorse, the, the next level or a guy that you're going to depend on all the time, I think in fantasy football, his receiving ability gives him the chance to be a flex play for you or, you know, be a spot starter where, you know, if an injury happens, you know, say he's the one B in a committee, you know, if he gets the chance to start a game, he's going to put up good points for you in fantasy football because of that receiving upside. And he has enough as a runner to get you by. So, yeah, you bring up a good point, Nate. Uh, it's hard to interrupt. Um, yeah. I think this class is just like last year. You know, we had three guys at the top. You know, we got Spiller, Hall, Walker, mm-hmm. you know, Kyron Williams, you know, but I'm not putting him in yeah. that in that tier. And then it's a it's a it's like roll the dice, right? I mean, you go back and look, Elijah Mitchell, what is he? Is he the fourth best running back? You know, Chuba Hubbard's getting some run, you know, at Carolina. And but I mean, it's very typical for a standard year for running backs. You're going to get five or six, seven, maybe, you know, the consistent dynasty roster. So I completely agree with Ned. I think, Nate, I think, you know, Rashad White is, is a guy who's going to be in a bucket with a ton of guys that it's going to, be, it's going to depend on landing spot, opportunity, um, draft capital. And so there's still a lot to, to figure out with these running backs. It's very early with three more months before the draft with the combine and mm-hmm. everything. But I, I completely agree, Nate. Um, you know, he, he certainly will have a role in the NFL. He will, I think be in, uh, you know, a mid to early day three pick. Yeah. And, um, you know, if he lands in a good spot with an opportunity, who knows what can happen? Yeah. I, I think he'll be probably like a fourth, fifth rounder. Um, right. I don't think he sneaks into day two. Um, no, I don't either. I, I don't think he's got that ability unless he, I don't know what to expect with his combine and his testing numbers. I didn't see a ton of athleticism out there, like speed wise. Right. On tape, 
So, I mean, unless if he comes out in the combine, shows up really well, he might gain some hype there um, sure. and continue to build. Maybe he sneaks into round three at the end. But for me, he's a you know fourth, fifth round pick, which, you know, we look at fourth, fifth round pick running backs. They don't hit very often. And if they do, it's for a couple games at a time. Um, they're not the next big thing. So, you know, like I was, like I said, you know, he's my RB five, but this year I don't have a lot of high uh, rankings on uh, running backs. So, yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. Were these fifth Cleo Herbert relevant for a couple games? Yep. Uh, right. Brandon, you talked about Elijah Mitchell. So I have not scattered Rashad white. I was actually going to watch some of his film tonight beforehand, but I decided, you know, I'm just going to let these guys talk and then I'll, I'll watch him another time. Also, I, was, I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube, but that's another story. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, especially with the way things are now, COVID not going away anytime soon, injuries, these guys are going to be really, really important. Elijah Mitchell turned out to be way more important than we thought he was going to be this year because apparently Trey Sermon is bad at football now. I was not a Trey Sermon fan. I thought uh, Elijah Mitchell was just, just agonizingly average coming out last year, which it kind of sounds like Rashad White could be as well. The NFL has still has place for those guys. Elijah Mitchell's playing pretty well. He's unfortunately he's out this upcoming week. Ramondre Stevenson to me is not anything super special, still being super productive. So the NFL has a place for these guys, which means you why are you laughing at me? You, you want to laugh I, at something? I don't like Ramondre Stevenson. Sorry. A lot of people do. You want to laugh, man. You are really high on Jalen Tolbert. Did you mess up where you put him in your rankings? Is he supposed to be right there? Oh, uh, don't say that in front of Brandon. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a fan of Jalen Tolbert. So. No, I just listened to Brandon's uh, top 10 wide receivers, and I was like, waiting for Tolbert, and I, but I knew he wasn't going to pop up. So, no, I'm sorry. I mean, you got, you got him above Dotson. <laughs> I like Tolbert a lot. Uh, hey, yeah. I, I, we, we need to, in this industry, man, I respect everyone's thoughts and ranks because I've had my hits and misses just like everybody else. So, who knows? Rashad White could be the fourth guy drafted and is a stud next year. So who the hell knows? Right? Yeah. So. I, yeah. Just That's speak on stuff. Tolbert real quick. I have a really high tape grade on Tolbert, um, but it's going to come down the draft capital. I've seen some mock drafts with him falling into the, you know, getting into the second round, which if we see that happen, I'm going to be all over it. But if he ends up being a day three pick, um, it's, it's going to, you know, that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, so let's move on, and now we will go to – let me get back to my show sheet. Okay, so we will go to stock up, and Nate, we're going to start with you. Who is your stock up player? Yeah, so my stock up player, if Sean can put it on the screen, is Jalen Weidermeyer. And yes. I put out a tweet a couple weeks ago. Kyle Pitts ruined Jalen Weidermeyer for all of y'all because this is my tight end one. And I'm not scared to admit it. I think a lot of people are down on him, even though it makes no sense. This guy has produced since he was a true freshman in the SEC. He came in as a second. I talk about it all the time. He was a second tight end in his recruiting class for Texas A&M. Baylor Cup was there as the number one tight end in that class for Texas A&M and had an early season injury, preseason injury. Jalen Weidemeyer, the blocking tight end, came in, immediately produced as a true freshman with Texas A&M in the SEC. He's continued to produce through three years for a top 10 college football team. And he's out there. He's huge, six foot five, 250 pounds. He can block. He can get down the field and be a threat in the red zone. He has enough athleticism to get down and break open the seam. 
I don't know why people are hating on Jalen Weidermeyer. This guy is, is everything we want in a tight end coming out of college. He's a guy that looks pro ready to me for a tight end. I just don't get the hate. So I just got to keep on telling everyone that this is my tight end one and that he does everything that I want a tight end to do well. Um, strong hands. He does well in the contested catch situations. You know, I, I don't get why, why we're putting Isaiah likely over this guy. I can yes. tell you why. <laughs> because of the flashy stats and, and, the, and, the, and the pretty catches on, on, on you know, I, I think a lot of people value players because let's face it a lot of people who have ranks and stuff like that really maybe don't watch the film and it's a twitter echo chamber i mean jalen waldemeyer to me he's my number two tight end behind mcbride i'd like both of them mm. they're like one a one two i i don't know if you don't have waldemeyer high in your ranks and it's isaiah likely it's i mean the kid played in the sec um you, you have to take him over i mean competition matters you know yeah. so um yeah, I I think it's a, I'm I'm interested to see where I have a few shares, so I'm I'm really excited to see where he ends up. Yeah, so. and I don't think he's I don't think he's like Kyle Pitts or anything like that. But no. I, I would compare him in in prospect ranking to Pat Fryermuth last year. I think you I know was, he's a, he's a second round pick. I I would say that. in my mind, and I think he's a guy that can contribute pretty pretty right away. You know, yeah, I like I to see him go to, to Dallas. Yeah, I don't know. Do they really need one? I mean, that guy's killing it down there. Is, oh, Schultz, is, think- is, is Schultz a free agent after this year? I don't know. Sean's going to check on that right now. Uh, but they got Schultz. They got Blake Jarwin there. I've, so, I, I've lived and died on the Blake Jarwin train for two years now. I'm off. So did Linda. Yeah. Listen, Schultz was a guy. I had a couple dynasty leagues where um, I picked Schultz up off the waiver wire, and I was plugging him into my flex spot. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times I did that over other guys. You know what I mean? Like there was some times where I'm like, well, should I play Dalton Schultz or Zach Moss who I drafted everywhere this year? Cause I thought if he does anything where I was drafting him, I'd be fine. And they just make the guy inactive. I mean, I think it's over for him. And I think Buffalo drafts are running back. Um, But so Brandon, your stock up player. And did you have anything else to add to Jalen Weidemeyer? And Schultz no. is a free agent in 2022, as per Sean. Thank you, Sean. Also, if you could respond to the other question I put up there, it'd be great. Um, no, I think I think Nate hit it right. I mean, he's one of the top guys, tight ends in the class. So, you know, he should get day two draft capital and should be hopefully lands in a great spot and gets an opportunity to get his hands mm-hmm. on the ball. Uh, my stock up player, I'm going to, I'm going to dive a little deeper with this pick. I'm going to go to the 2023 running back class and talk about one of my favorite players in Blake Corum. Um, I fell in love with this kid when I watched his high school film, there was a guy, um, who did a, like a breakdown on him and I loved his physicality. Now I know he's undersized. He's five foot eight, 200 pounds. And again, I know running backs that size matters, but I really like Blake Corum and I'm, I'm super excited about his opportunity, uh, next year. Um, you know, with Haskins, you know, I believe he's declaring for the NFL or has to go cause he's a senior, um, and I know Donovan Edwards is there who got about 30 carries and had about 15, 20 balls in the air. So he could also be a threat, but I think Blake Corb next year, I think Harbaugh is going to feed this kid, the rock. I think he's physical enough to run in between the tackles. I mean, he averaged 6.7 yards a carry this year. Um, but I think he's a solidly built player at 200 pounds. Um, I think he's got the ability to run inside. Um, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got size. And I know that the, 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 you know, the, 
the running back class in 2023 is pretty deep, right? So he's my number six mm-hmm. receiver in that class right now behind, you know, the five that are probably the five for everybody else um, in, in some sort of order. But I'm really excited. I mean, he's the same size as Eckler, right? Eckler is like an outlier. He's an undrafted free agent in the NFL who um, is, you know, just at 200 pounds. He's two inches taller. But Blake Corum at 5'8", 200, I mean, he's got the BMI to, to, to pound in between the tackles. And I'm just excited. He's just been one of my favorite players. And he's a stock up for me because I think when Haskin leaves, he's going to be able to get the opportunity. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he's drafted. He'll probably be an early day three pick, day two. But I just wanted to go deeper on my stock up. He's just a player that I really liked. And, uh, you know, I, I think next year he's going to really, you know, if he runs for over 1,400 yards, catches 50, 60 balls out of the backfield and can keep Donovan Edwards, you know, in a secondary role, I, I think he, he'll get the draft capital and create some excitement for next year. Awesome. Nate, do you have anything to add to Blake Corm? Yeah, I mean, I like I like watching Corm. Um, I think if he was two or three inches taller, he'd be, you know, someone that everyone would be talking about. Um, I think the size kind of holds him back as a prospect, but sure. But Brandon's right, you know, he's he's got the BMI. He's he's a dense running back. He's not, you know, a, a tiny skinny guy. And it's it's the same thing as like I like Michael Carter, I liked Clyde Edwards Hilaire coming out of college. So, you know, I don't mind them being a little bit smaller as long as they have that dense, thick frame. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he's got that. And he's he's a good runner. He has the ability to catch the ball in the backfield. You know, Brandon, I, I think this is a, a great pick here because he's a guy that no one's really talking about too much. Um, he made a couple times that he was kind of showing up on Twitter throughout the year. But he's got so much opportunity next year with Haskins leaving. And I think he does, you know, hold that lead job over Edwards next year. I think we are going to continue to underrate Michigan most likely because of Jim Harbaugh's past uh, Mm -hmm. lack of success. But I think moving forward, I think, you know, the the win over Ohio state was a big, big thing for them. And I think kind of turned the page. I think Michigan's going to be a legitimate team going forward where, you know, we've seen the prospects come out of Michigan. We've seen Donovan people's Jones and some other five-star guys come out and show some flashes. So, you know, the question of Michigan is, can they develop the talent? And I feel like we're starting to see them develop the talent. So, um, yeah. And I, and I don't see Corum as a, you know, a bell cow getting yeah. the, the, the bulk of the carries. I think he'd be a great complimentary back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like for example, to, to, to put to in perspective, like I was never a Kenny Gamewell fan and I was not a Gamewell fan, like on my Slack chat, and oh my god, when the Eagles drafted him, I got so much shit for that because they were like, "Oh, the guy you've been, you know, crapping on." But I looked at Kenny Gainwell; everyone loved him. He was like the RB four or five of that class, mm-hmm. all because he catch, caught the ball out of the backfield. But he couldn't run in between the tackles because he's not physical enough. And as an Eagles fan, you know, Mike, you might be able to see that he, he's just not built for that. Where I think Blake Corum could fill yeah. in that secondary role in a backfield, you know, be able to, you know give a guy a break. And I think he's got some chops, uh, you know, catch the ball on the outside and some speed. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next year. Yeah, me too. Yeah. No. And to touch on Kenny Gamble real quick, I wasn't the biggest fan of his either, but what I did like about, I like the, the fifth round draft capital. I thought fifth round was fine for him. You know what I mean? Like I had no problem mm-hmm. with them. Take, and there's a lot of people after the first couple games are like, he's going to be, the starting running back for the Eagles next year. I'm like, dude, no, he's not. No, no. he's, he's not, he's just not physical enough. And uh, Nick Sirianni even said, you know, he envisions him in a Naheem Hines like role. Right. And you know, people ask me what's going on with Kenny game. Well, like, well, he's a rookie with a rookie head coach. 
with an offense that's in flux. You know, there's a lot of things not established there. So if you have Kenny Gainwell, you just got to be a little patient. You know what I mean? Like we talked about it before the show, instant gratification. That's what everybody wants. Yeah. Also, yeah. do you really want the Naheem Hines role with a running quarterback? No, you don't. And you could see that that's also hurt Miles Sanders. Um, he's come on late this year. Still does not have a touchdown anywhere, either on the ground or through the air, which is really baffling to me. Yeah. Um, but early in the season, we saw Jalen Hurts on RPOs taking a lot away from Miles Sanders. And I think I think uh, Jalen was kind of forcing things a lot in the beginning of the year, and he's kind of letting the game come to him a little bit more now. Yeah. But there were times where it's like you see a replay. It's like, man, if you would have just given that ball to Sanders, it's 10 yards, and instead mm-hmm. it was like a two-yard loss. But, again, young quarterback, rookie head coach, you know, so, uh, but Miles Sanders also does have some some fumbling issues that he needs to clear up too. Um, all right, so I um, as you guys know, if you're a listener of the show, as Brandon and Nate know, I'm trying to get into Devi a little bit more. Um, I will not be joining any more leagues unless they are a Devi league, and no, I will not join a Devi IDP league. <laughs> I just I can't bring myself to do it. So these are some guys, and the way I find out about guys is um. If I'm watching film on a player and somebody else pops, I just write that name down and then I come back to it another time. So I'm going to start with my first one, and that's Payne Durham. He's a tight end from Purdue. He kind of popped to me when I was watching David Bell film. And then I walked, I went back and I kind of took a step back a little bit. Like what I saw before wasn't there again. But here's what he does do well. He, he's just he's a solid tight end. Okay. He's not really anything flashy. Um, he's decently sure-handed and he blocks pretty good. To me, he's the type of guy that would be a quarterback security blanket. You know, not going to run really long routes. He's always going to be kind of open in the middle of the field, staying in as an extra blocker. Could be valuable if he goes somewhere that utilizes the tight end properly or if he goes somewhere like, uh, let's say he goes to Detroit. TJ Hawkinson has some injury issues there occasionally. I think he could be good in a spot like that. Um, Brandon, do you have anything you want to add to Payne Durham? Are you a fan, not a fan? You know, I can't say that I've watched a lot about him, but when I got on the show sheet, I was I was duly impressed, dude. I got to <laughs> tell you. I, I Honestly, I mean, because he did flash early in the year, and then I think he got nicked up a bit. But he did flash a little bit, and he has the size. So you, you never know. He's but uh, five. Yeah, I think he's I think he's got really good size, doesn't he? He's a big guy. Let's also let's also take note here. Purdue's quarterback play was just not great. I mean, it was True. wildly inconsistent, which is a shame because um I can't remember the running back that they had there. I saw a bunch of plays where he had a ton of nice runs. They got David Bell, fantastic wide receiver. They got a tight end like this. So it kind of frustrates me. But then again, I guess if you're a quarterback, you want to go to a big school where you can get know your name in the spotlight sec mm-hmm. stuff like that ohio state but um all right so nate did you have any thoughts on Payne durham 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 as well a couple months ago you texted me the name Payne durham i was like mike who the hell's that i was like i know that name i know he's the purdue tight end but i've watched no film of that guy um and i, I went and watched some film and it kind of reminds me of like josiah deguara or something like that. I mean, but Josiah DeGore is a little bit smaller. But, you know, just a tight end. Oh, DeGore got overdrafted, in my opinion. But, I mean, I could see Durham, you know, getting, I'm going to say, sixth-round draft capital. Um, but he seems like a guy who would be a solid tight end, probably stick on a team as the the tight end two or three 
you know, and, and have a career for you know a good five, six years, you know, longer than the average NFL career, but not a guy I think's ever going to make it to my dynasty roster as you know, Brennan says. Right. I would agree with that. It's a long yeah. shot. I mean, but yeah. I, once again, hey, just like Brandon said, I'm impressed. I'm impressed, Mike. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. I try to, I try to do my, my diligence here. You know what I mean? Like I want to at least know enough about a guy to have an opinion on him. You know, even if it's not necessarily a good opinion. Uh, okay. Just real quick then, Nate, would you rather have Payne Durham or Bryson Hopkins? Dude, what is Bryson Hopkins doing for me ever? I'm I'm going to take the unknown, I guess, with Payne Durham. Cause I mean, <laughs> Bryson Hopkins, come on. I, I love Purdue tight ends. What can I say? Brandon, how about you? Would you rather uh, Bryson Hopkins or Payne Durham? I got to agree with Nate. I'm going with the unknown because I already know what Hopkins is. He's yeah. a nothing. Yeah, he's, he's, he's behind Jacob Harris and he, he's just missing an ACL yeah. right now. So, so. I know. It's, it's tough, man. It's also, tough. the Purdue running back, Alexander Horvath. That's his name. Okay. I couldn't remember what it was, but I knew who you were talking about. He popped a little bit. You know, I wasn't he had a couple of big games. Special. A couple of big games, I think, for Purdue. Yeah. What, I, what I saw, I liked. Um, so my next guy, he's a wide receiver for North Carolina. Again, I saw him when I was uh, scouting Ty Chandler and Sam Hell, and that's Joshua Downs. So to me, he was a quick, shifty wide receiver with good hands. He looks like an NFL slot receiver, but can also stretch the field. And at times, he could be an explosive playmaker. Brandon, we'll start with you. Did you have any thoughts on Joshua Downs? Oh, I mean, I, I think he's pretty high up there on a lot of people's lists. Um, I know Corey, one of my dashboard you know contributors, is uh, he's really, really into Josh Downs. I think it's going to have a really interesting year this year. You know, Sam Howell's gone. Um, it's gonna have a new pass catcher. Uh, I was curious to see if he would go in the transfer portal only because of the uncertainty of the quarterback position, but it looks, it looks like right now it's going to stay there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's in the same kind of bucket. People put him in with, you know, JSN and Boutte, one of these smaller, faster guys, but I need to see more. Um, you know, he's going into his junior year next year, so I'd like to see the, some more consistency, but I mean, he's been acrobatic catcher who's made some unbelievable catches and mm-hmm. fast with the ball in his hands and i agree with you he would be most likely you know a slot guy that they're going to want to try and get in space get the ball in his hands you know make some yak you know yards and stuff like that but oh i think he's a very highly talented and you know debbie player and a lot of people are excited and for campus to canton leagues he should be you know hopefully this year he was tearing it up with with um sam howell but we'll have to see what happens next year they do have a Drake May there, right? Drake May. Yep. Yeah, but who knows? Nobody, nobody knows what's going to happen. You know. So college quarterbacks, man. That's sad. that's how it goes. You go into a season where you lose your incumbent starter, and anything can happen. That's it. A good point, Nate. Did you have anything to add to Joshua Downs? Yeah, I mean, Josh Downs is for most people a top five wide receiver for next year's. Uh, class, you know, he's a guy that has produced with Sam Howell, like Brandon said, and he's definitely made some acrobatic catches. Definitely looked, you know, been a playmaker for North Carolina when they were missing a lot of playmakers. You know, they lost four playmakers in the last draft class. So Josh Downs was really that offense this year um, with Sam Howell, and he he produced a lot. He showed that he was capable of making the big plays when needed. Um, but you know, you guys hit on all the good points. You know, he's a little bit smaller, so that does limit his NFL upside, I think. But we've seen guys who are smaller play out of the slot and still dominate fancy-wise, still dominate numbers-wise. Uh, I, I agree with Brandon. You know, he hit it really, really well. You know, I want to see the production, the consistency this next year. He's got to show up. 
it's going to be kind of rough though with you know whoever is the running uh, quarterback there because you never know what it's going to look like. It's not going to be Sam Howell, and mm-hmm. I don't think whoever starts is going to be as good as Sam Howell, uh, especially throwing that deep ball. So we'll see. All right, so if you were watching, I apologize for my video being frozen. Uh, also, if you work in IT, please contact me. I'll pay you for your time. Um, so <laughs> before we head out of here, Brandon, I have one question for you. You're sure. down on running back Eric Gray, correct? Yeah. And he, he's kind of a guy that uh, I think a lot of people are a fan of. I uh, don't have his stuff up in front of me, but I believe he went to Tennessee and then he transferred to Oklahoma. Can correct. you tell me why you were out on him? Um. Yeah, this past summer I did a show with uh, we did our top cells on my YouTube channel, and he was one of my cells. And I just have never understood the hype for Eric Gray um, at Tennessee. Uh, you know, I know he's got some lateral movement. Um, I think he's five foot nine, like two hundred, you know, just over two hundred pounds. I, I I would just use the word. I think he's soft. I think he's just soft in between the tackles. And I think there's a certain physicality that you need to play. You know, in the NFL. And I just, you know, didn't see that. And again, I think a lot of people get enamored with these running backs when as soon as a running back can catch the ball, people, you know, I think people move guys up their ranks because of that. Now, if you go back and look at the 2020 box scores and you look at every game that he played of a team that was in the top 10 or 12, he, he averaged less than three yards a carry. He just wasn't effective against the better competition. And I think a lot of people inflated his stock because he was going to Oklahoma. And I think Lincoln Riley found out that Kennedy Brooks was just the better ball carrier and was more physical in between the tackles and and whatever. So, yeah, I just never understood why people loved Eric Gray. I mean, coming into the class back in August and stuff, he was an RB top RB five for a lot of people. And I've just never, I, I never understood the, the the love with it, with it, with his game. I mean, he made some great catches made some highlight real plays, but you go and watch the film play after play him running in between the tackles. I just didn't think he was effective. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. And one last thing, Sean is a good, good point here. Your thoughts on the transfer portal. You like it. You hate it. I think it's kind of cool. Personally. I love it. I think it's, I think it's great. I'm not a fan of the nil money. I'm not, I'm old school. I'm old. So I, I <laughs> money too. ruins, r- money ruins people. Um, and the thought with these kids getting millions of dollars and in their early twenties coming from not so maybe great homes and stuff like that. I think it's going to ruin a lot of careers, but the, going back to the transfer portal, I think it's great. I think that, that the fact that these kids have the opportunity um, to, to move one time to a better situation, it's like free agency in the NFL. I think it's fantastic. I think it's exciting. Um, you know, like Gibbs going to Alabama, right? I have a prediction on Twitter that I think Boutte goes there next. Um, but I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I think it's, it's exciting. It changes things up. I think it's going to make coaches have to really, you know, covet these players, spend more time with players, you know, you know, sell their programs, um, because guys can just get up and leave if they feel like it. So I I'm, I'm in favor of it. I I'm, I, I think it's kind of exciting. Yeah. yeah. I love the transfer portal. Um, I think it's been great. You know, we got, we got to see this year before the madness of this year, we got to see the beginning of the transfer portal last year and we mm-hmm. saw Kenneth Walker go to Michigan state and look how that worked out. Right. Um, in the past with the old rules, we saw Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, you know, some guys who uh, made a career out of a transfer. And I think now it's kind of gone a little crazy 
Yeah. I think it's been completely unleashed. It might be a little overkill, but it, it'll work itself out. I think, I think right, it's going to work itself out. And I think the thing that I'm most excited about other than, well, two things, one small school players get the chance to a second chance. Yep. You know, there, there was one guy I was looking through uh 24 seven and it was like an offensive tackle from some school I had never even heard of. And he's going to FSU now. Now, Florida State's not what Florida State used to be. But to go from, you know, one of the smallest schools probably in D1 to Florida State, that's right. incredible. And he would have yeah. never got that sh- shot any, on any other way. And now he has a chance at NFL career. You know, so I love seeing that. And then number two, I like how it changes the recruiting game. Now, not only are you just recruiting high schoolers, you know, you're just throwing up the, oh, we're Alabama, we're, we're LSU, all that kind of stuff. But now you got like Michigan State, you know, Mel Tucker, he's out there recruiting transfers. And we got to see this year what it what it can do. You know, now if you can't get all the high recruits, you can recruit in the transfer portal. Right. You can you can make your living there. I mean, you can build a great team out of the transfer portal if you know how to recruit and how to watch film there. So it just gives teams different ways to build teams now. You know, you can have a team that has a bunch of you know, high star recruits versus a team that, you know, really relies on the transfer portal and has guys that have been playing the game for a while. And I think it's just really exciting to see the different ways you can build a team, the different ways that teams can spend their time and energy and just kind of opens up the field to more, more teams. We're going to get a bit more parity, I think in the college football landscape because of all this. And which I, which I personally love the yeah. parody. I'm, I'm so sick of Alabama and Georgia and, you know, I know a lot of people don't feel that way. Yeah. Just, and I, and I think Nate brings up a good point that I didn't even think of is, is you're right. I mean, now you can build your team through basically free agency. Um, and situation matters. I mean, mm-hmm. you go back and watch um, Kenneth Walker's wake forest tape. There was nobody talking about him. And if he stayed at Wake Forest, it probably would have been the same situation, maybe bad offensive line or whatever. Now he goes to a new situation, better line, better coaching, yeah. better system around them. Situations matter. Yeah, so. Brandon, who's your wide receiver one this year? Yeah, exactly. So Jamison Williams. So, yeah. 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 Jamison uh, Williams. No one was talking about Jamison Williams last year or right. coming into the season, really. Right. So it's awesome. Brandon, if I told you last year at this time that Jamison Williams is going to be your wide receiver one for the 22 NFL draft class. I would have said who? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I love it. Also, shout out to Wake Forest. That is our intern Sean's favorite NCAA team. Thank you to everyone who voted on the polls to get him a team. So, Brandon, thank you again uh, for coming and hanging out with us tonight, talking some Debbie. So if you have not checked out Brandon's podcast, please make sure you do that. And before we go, mm-hmm. Brandon, again, please tell us where we can find you and everything you got going on. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Debbie Deep Dive. Uh, my YouTube channel is called Debbie to Dynasty Football. And uh, my podcast, the uh, Debbie Deep Dive podcast. And I have a great dashboard database product. Keep you uh, all organized with a great Slack chat, um, which is great because it's mostly guys who are new to Debbie which is what I love because I love growing the love just growing the game. So, um, but thanks for having me on guys. This was a blast. I love talking Debbie, especially this early. Um, so if you need another guest uh, leading up to the rookies for some drafts and stuff, keep me in mind for sure. We certainly will do that. And uh, as you know, check out what Brandon's got going on with his notion. Mm-hmm. 
And if you go over to patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind for the $5 tier, you get access to our notion and you can see where Nate has Jalen Tolbert rank up there newsflash. So uh, make sure you check that out again, patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. Speaking of group chats, that is one way to, finagle me into a group chat which brandon if you don't know that about me i am like an anti-group chat advocate um, no it's, it's a bit much to keep up with sometimes right <laughs> we, i get it but you understand us old guys that's how we are right so make <laughs> sure you right. check that out uh check out our sponsors over at dynasty owner which uh, nate did, are we still in the playoffs or did we get bounced uh Porkman has not given me up the update for this week okay i have to ask I'm sure he is staying the course somewhere and please use the promo code rewind all caps, all one word on underdog and they will match your deposit. You deposit hundred, you get a hundred back. And if it's not up to date, Bob will Venmo you the difference. So until next time, everybody be kind, please rewind. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Take me out of here, Sean. Thanks for listening to the dynasty rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate and review. And as always be kind, please rewind.